2: all right quickly clap oh man all the good all the good stuff happened before you hit the record button gordo that was all the funniest stuff should we do it again Let's see. I said something about you want to have okay. one fist in front to like show the distance. Fast forward, and then Logan was like, "I'll take two fists." Okay, fast forward. And then you said like the Fonz a, mm-hmm. and then we talked about like uh, area fifty one areola I don't so. fifty one yeah. was that Areolas.
3: I was I here? I don't know.
2: Fifty one areolas. Welcome to the motherfucking podcast. That's how it starts today. Yeah. <laughs> hey, sometimes uh sometimes the starts are better. You just than gotta else. you just
3: gotta roll into the show, really, you know. It's not, kinda not, like not rolling forcing. out of bed.
2: You know what I mean? You just kinda go, Ah, okay. Or this is being alive, huh? I, I'm not dreaming anymore. I'm I'm back to just re restarting the program of me. My uh yeah, waking up to who I am every day. Well, He's a great. cheerful yeah, yeah, bunch,
0: yeah. isn't yeah, yeah, I know, morbid motherfucker. You <laughs> gotta, you gotta, you gotta just push it over the edge and start talking <laughs> yeah. about nonsense. You know, you ever listen to a podcast and they're like, "Hey, everybody!" Right at the beginning, it's like,
2: "Fuck this." Welcome today. We're going to be doing household tips for how to get those nasty barbecue stains off your dick. <laughs> Now, off of your dick? Off of your
0: deck! <laughs> off of your deck! I can't tell you how many times I've gotten barbecue sauce on my deck. <laughs> I
2: got a barbecue stain on my penis.
0: <laughs> oh, I had a great idea for a song called "The The White People Blues," and it's just <laughs> about, just about. I've like, seen so much of that. Not you know problems that just aren't that bad. Mm-hmm. You know? Like now 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 now. Oh, I, I didn't have anything written. It's just
2: oh, Well, exactly. Mean- There's nothing in it. There's no gotta lyrics gotta to clean it. the it just- bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've been on hold well, now for forty-five minutes. I want to speak to your manager. I want to speak to your manager. Or uh,
0: I got pulled over the other day. Pop just gave me a warning. <laughs>
2: I said, You can't talk to me in that tone. I want your supervisor's number and your badge number two. Yeah, you're gonna be picking up doggy poo at a bus station when I'm through with you. Yeah, white privilege. Yup. Yup. Yep. Mm. yep. yep. Should we start the show? Hey, let's Uh, start the show. Let's do it. Welcome to the motherfucking podcast. This is the official podcast of the Rock Combo motherfucking ruckus from Denver, Colorado, and Chicago, Illinois, respectively. I'm Aaron Howell. I'm Tony Lee. And I'm here, too. That's Hulk Logan joining us in the studio. We got Gordo in the booth. In the booth. Hi!
4: (laughs) And he's actually... That sounds great. He's actually
2: got a talkback microphone this time, so he doesn't have to come... He doesn't have to, like, have to go all the way around and come into the room. Although, that's one thing I kind of liked... Like a couple of episodes where Gordo will just like one or two times during the show get up, like he'll think of something real funny that he's got to tell us, and we have to wait the 15 seconds it takes him to stand up, walk around the room, and come in and I'm say the joke. I'm like the, the Mr.
0: Joke. Roper of the show. <laughs> hey guys,
2: check out this nose <laughs>
0: <laughs> I really wish we could have like put the, the footsteps in there
2: and... Do- 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 do. Hey, guys, i got something real funny to say. <laughs> hey, maybe we can <laughs> add that in post-production. Speaking of posts, let's give a shout-out to our co-producer. Yeah. Based out of Chicago, Illinois, who, who makes this thing sound good after we jibba-jab for a couple of hours. <laughs> give it out to John Skibicki himself, a.k.a. Gene Skibbins, a.k.a. Skibbs. We love you, Skibbs. Thanks for making the show sound good on your end, man. So, um, so, Tony, you just... You just got back from home. Yeah, you just, I just got back just, from Chicago. I just saw him. Actually, did you see the— How's Skibs doing in person? I only talk to him over text
3: anymore. Oh, in person. He, he's a dick in person. Mm. Yeah. Totally different person. Yeah. Yeah. Worst person I've ever met, I would say. In real life, yeah. So no, it was great. It he, home, uh, right he, he dropped a pedal on me, man. He's got this uh, this boss, me 50, that I'm going to go see what that's all about. Have you played with it, it, it at all? No. It's got, it's, and it's got the— it's got Gordo's the nodding his head. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that is? Did you, see, did you see the blue one? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what? We're gonna have fun with that. That's yeah. gonna be fun. Gordo, all Gordo, why, why don't you why don't you tell us kind of like like since you're more of the the tech savvy guy in the group, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that pedal?
3: I can tell you all about the pedal. Oh, you
2: can tell us all about the
3: pedal. Yeah, I've read up plenty on it. Tell it's about the pedal,
2: Tony. <laughs> <laughs> <You> got
3: it. <laughs> it's, got, uh, it's got a. It's got Gordo's of our hype you'll, man. You'll, dude, you'll, you'll see it when we uh, when we practice tonight. I'm definitely have have that tonight
2: okay cool have you played with it at all no oh so you're going to be figuring it out at practice and wasting everybody's time that's cool <laughs> it's not like we're paying to be there or anything no by the way this is brought to you by rocket space rehearsal studios <laughs> fully furnished rehearsal studios 2712 whatever. I'm only using Street.
3: it for a fucking octave pedal idiot
2: <laughs> but, well it looks like it does a lot more than that it does I don't need it for any of that so stuff. so what all though. does it do it's got what it, do you mean you don't need it for any of it's, that it's stuff a, it's a multi effects processor it's got a bunch of shit on there and you're only going to use one thing on it probably why because, that's what, because what you're what, too good for it that's what I want for it that's you're what too I want good from, to use other stuff that's what I want from it
0: because we're not dream theater <laughs> <laughs> not with that attitude <laughs>
3: Good attitude. So you went. So Great you went back. Attitude. You went back home to Chicago. Yeah, we. I, I put. What are doing? I was out there uh, putting the finishing touches on on uh, the the Staggers record. How'd that go? Good. I'm done. What all did you have to do? I had to play like five seconds worth of music, and then I put an organ track on there. Mm. How, how's the record sounding? Very cool. Very cool. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Pretty happy with it. Mm-hmm. One one of the more happier I am on records like out of all the records I, I've ever done. You know. Hmm. Is it
4: better
2: than our record?
3: Yeah, mm, I, I feel really good about that one. Yeah, it's not even like if it'll do well or if it's gonna be well received. It's just like, ooh, I just really liked what I did on it. It just
2: sounds really good. I just
3: really liked what I did on it.
2: Well, the the, the blind it, it was, that All that stuff was pretty much written
3: before we came into the studio, so it was nice to just like lay out that piece in time before it like gets
2: different through the years or stop playing. You guys write some great right songs now. too. Like the blind staggers, just like, like at at like. We're really when it comes down to it, our band. We're really just silly song and dance men. Yeah, you know, we just we, we like just to have, like to write our silly songs and have a and have a fun time. We're we're definitely. I do that in the Steggers as well, but apparently Damien and Laura
3: are on a fucking different level, trying to talk about some deep ass shit, and I, I don't understand. Still, like the you, guitar was the guitar is cool though. Yeah, uh, Laura told me about
0: Damien wrote some song, and she read the lyrics to him and to it and afterwards she came
3: up to him and was like, Are you okay, dude? Yeah. Like <laughs> he does are he'll, you have, sad? he'll have that effect. <laughs> so Laura doesn't say that she'll be writing a song. It's like is that for real? Well
4: yeah about me.
2: Yeah. Here here's the here's the thing that oh, I that I think like <laughs> you've got to be able to remove yourself from that a little bit. You know, you look at like songs that were written by the Beatles or the Rolling Stones or Led Zeppelin or something like that. And I Yeah, I don't think you really, at least I don't, really get tied up in like, oh, are they okay? You know, like, to me, like the... This is one of them. Well, but to me, but like the character in a song is kind of an amorphous character. You know, it's something like you project your own humanity onto that character in the song. You know what I mean? You don't think of like is Robert Plant okay is fucking you know is are Keith Richards and fucking Mick Jagger are they are they sad you know you just hear the song and and you kind of have that distance i think I think that that doesn't happen as much when it's a friend of yours who's writing a song. But like, I've written sad and angry songs before, and it's like, yes, those things are thought forms that have existed, those are thoughts that have crossed my mind, those come from the darkness that is within me, but part of the way that I manage that is by compartmentalizing it and pulling that isolated thought form and... Putting it into something else, like the song is something of a container that. i definitely, I've gotten
3: this this talk from Laura before. She's yeah. had to explain this to
2: me in the very same way. Right. It's just, it's just, it's a I passing go, thought. What the hell? It's a passing thought, a passing experience. It's like, it's but like. You really think that? She goes. Well, sometimes, not all the time. But I did, I, have I did it. Before. I did it one time. Um, I have before. Yeah. Or I used to a really long time ago, and now I'm recalling when I felt that way. Yeah. Or. I'm imagining how someone else might feel. I'm able to extend empathy and, and kind of describe how I imagine someone else is feeling. It's like when Johnny Cash wrote Folsom Prison Blues. Mm. He, was in, he was in the military when he wrote that. He was like staying in military barracks, and he watched a film on uh, Folsom Prison. Like, you know, they would have like the the movie nights at the barracks and everybody would go over and watch the film strips. Good for morale. And he yeah, it's good for morale. Like Johnny Cash was watching some video about like life in Folsom Prison. It, well not video, video a film, like film. a literal film, film about life in Folsom Prison. And he went back to the barracks and he wrote Folsom Prison Blues. You know? And that song, even though Johnny Cash never went to prison prison, he went to jail, but he never went to like a penitentiary. Writing those songs really spoke to those people in those jail cells, regardless of whether or not he went, because they projected their own self onto the character in the songs. You know what I mean? What a faker. What mm. a phony. What a phony. <laughs> <Johnny> <laughs> that phony baloney. Ugh. Stolen valor! <laughs> of prisoners. Stolen prison valor. What do they call that? It like if, if okay so if impersonating a military personnel is stolen valor, what is impersonating someone who's been like like there are people out there who like try and make themselves seem more badass than they really are. They're like I've been to prison, I've been to jail it's a bunch all of, of us times. Right here in the band. Oh, I've done that. Poses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, posers. We, we, we have, talked about we have, that last We week. have a stack of comic
3: books in front of us that have us entire, entirely too muscular.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, the ones that Josh <laughs> Finley drew, like at least the ones Jake drew are somewhat true to reality. The ones Josh Finley drew, we all look like male models. <laughs> like we're all just like ripped and just like like there's a scene in the first comic where I'm sitting in the front seat talking into the like little kids recording device and I'm like flexing my bicep while I'm talking into into the microphone. <laughs> it's like anybody who knows me in person that's knows how that Josh I have a sees, that's how, how Josh sees you. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, it's he like his dreams. Like you look at me next to the drawing of myself and it's like like I if if I was gay and I saw myself in the comic in a bar, I would think to myself, I, I wouldn't stand a chance with that guy. He's way <laughs> out of my league. <laughs> you know, the comic illustration of me is out of my league. Not this time. Well, you're too cut this time too. Yeah, he's a little he's squirrely of... fella on
3: the front. Yeah.
2: Lo- Logan and I went on a uh a little double date um this this past week. Yeah. We went, and we really wish you could have been there. I know. You were missed. Hmm. What day did we go? Was it Saturday that we went? Yes, Sunday? It was Saturday. Saturday? No, it was Friday night. Friday night. Yeah. Uh, me and Logan and the wives and Richie and his little boy Cyrus. Um, we went to go see the monster trucks. Yeah, and I took. It's thread, man. Monster Jam. Yeah. yeah, we went to we went to Monster Jam, and I took an L- edible before we went. <laughs> Baseline <laughs> high. Basically. And it started kicking in right before we got in. And at the, there was a few things that I noticed. For one, um, and I it, Logan so it was Logan was on one side of me, and Sarah was on the other side of me. And then Logan's wife Becky was on the other side of him. And then Sarah's uh, brother Richie uh, and his little boy were on the other side of Sarah. So Logan and I are kind of right in the middle, sitting next to each other. And they do the national anthem, and they've just got LED displays going around the whole thing with the you know with the flag waving, and they got the girl singing the thing, and and everybody is singing the flag song, and everybody is like singing the you know, the, you know the flag song, oh, and and uh, and like she's like and the rockets red glare, and people like in the stands are like yeah. <laughs> yeah! that's what you do in a monster gym, yeah, though. It's that's like this. that's all you're there to do. And I just leaned over to Logan and I'm like, is this freaking you out too? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was just like like looking at it through the lens of a really, really high guy, you know, like, to a degree, we went to Monster Jam, ironically. Like, it was legitimately fun, but we were definitely, like, tourists in a world where where people live regularly. Like, the people on all sides of us were people that go to every Monster Jam.
3: But they probably all had kids with them, too. Yeah.
2: Oh, no. It was it was a bunch of people that's with what, their that's kids. That's the thing, what it's really about. Watching yeah, monster trucks. Child-oriented. It's just a
3: cool thing to do for kids is what yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean,
2: they have a truck called Scooby-Doo. <laughs> and it's the worst one, dude. Like the only purpose of Scooby-Doo and Megalodon and Zombie is to make Grave Digger look cool. The zombie at least has the arms coming off of it. Zombie sucks. Zombie is the most Not annoying a monster jam. No, nah, dude. Zombie he was is a the solid most. second place contestant. Zombie is the wor- Zombie was the second place contestant when you went? I'm pretty sure. The one we went pretty to, sure. he was he and Scooby-Doo were the no, Megalodon was pretty terrible. They were all pretty terrible. How? how what, what do you mean
3: by terrible, too? Like, just, they just didn't crash a whole lot? They didn't, like, <laughs> they didn't do the ramps enough, you know? No, they
2: didn't land their... Dude, there was competitions, and they didn't they didn't land their tricks. Gravedigger was, was amazing.
3: The best part is not landing the trick, I mean, right? That's what I that's what the whole, Yeah. Oh,
2: zombie flipped over and an arm broke off. That was pretty cool. Uh, arm broke off during my show. Right on. Makes me think that that's something that they, they, they build into the it. But... Here's what I want oh, Let's go see the Harlem Globetrotters next oh, yeah. one, one of my Well That's the thing Monster Jam is pretty much The Harlem Globe Like Like Gravedigger is the Harlem Globetrotters Of The Monster Jam world
3: The Monster Jam is Hell yeah And the Globetrotters is Oh yeah <laughs> Alright <laughs> Yeah Oh man I'd love uh, to see the Harlem Globetrotters I've never seen them Me neither the do, they, next, do they still do that? Oh, yeah. Harlem Globetrotters are still... There's got to be people with, like, amazing handling skills that need a job,
2: man. Yeah, I guess so. They still do it. I mean, they they just change out players all the time. Yeah, I thought so. You know, it's, it's an organization. Because, I mean, really, the Harlem Globetrotters is like... Kind of a benevolent, charitable organization. They travel around because it's supposed to be like, "Come on, everybody, let's get kids off the streets and <laughs> with with uh, the good, clean sport of basketball. Instead of picking up a gun or drugs, spin a ball on your fingers. Like that's kind of, you know, it's kind of like uh, Fat Albert. Fat Albert was like that a lot too, you know, where it was like. It was like, look at this ragtag gang of people hanging out together. Like, like everybody's different, and it's cool. Just don't do drugs, and, and, and don't ditch school, and don't, don't commit crimes. A- don't drink alcohol, and be nice to your hey, family. Hey,
4: hey, it's okay to be you and me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing that was awesome about Monster Jam. How about the merch? The merch was awesome they and hustle that shit they fucking do a good it yeah. really got me thinking about shit like merch too and it's like you <laughs> can't help but think
3: about that shit when you go through an, an event and right, like, you yeah. think about your own band and you see all that merch and you go how do they
2: do it they, they 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 have they have a, a shirt for every truck and multiple shirts for every truck. Absolutely, Grave Digger's the best seller. Obviously, they have probably the most of that. They have they have the mini trucks. They you know they have the like medium sized model trucks, and it's like everybody is just there's a line. there. they also the
3: let the kids? I don't know if you guys got there early enough, but they let the kids down there like to take pictures next to the trucks before the show starts. Oh, I did, we didn't see that. It's a
2: whole to do, man. It's it's an outing. I would go again. It was really fun. Yeah, but one, this one was of my not my first Monster Jam. It was my yeah. I Actually, go. the last time Logan went to Monster Jam, it was a Benny Blanco's company Christmas party, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we
4: that
3: time. sounds like a disaster.
4: It man. was
0: awful. <laughs> like it was so bad. For some reason, we all had cowboy boots at the time, so we all wore cowboy boots and shoved them full of shooters and snuck them and other stuff and other
4: stuff
0: <laughs> it was the <laughs> Benny Blanco's crew so
2: yeah pizza they filled their boots with pizza <laughs> with and pepperonis. they were snorting big globs of pepperoni up their nose throughout the whole thing white powdery pizza <laughs> 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 we were free basin pizza with little can,
3: tiny I can, ovens. I can just imagine like being a family with your kids around and shit, and then like you're like, all right, we're all settled in with our cotton candy, and then it's like you and biscuit and the rest of them fucking just like rolling into the into an entire row. Like, oh, what the fuck is all this about? Can we move seats? Like, can they move? Fuck, just yelling like, God. oh shit, megalodon
4: went over, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh shit! Here comes a oh what's oh here comes Max uh, Max D motherfucker. Max D is also one of my favorites, by the way. He's Just like the road there. warrior looking one. He's a yeah, uh, yeah.
3: he's a maroonish. I want to say red like magenta maybe. No,
0: it's like he, silver. silver and oh, spikes,
2: so a spikes and a skull on the side. Oh, that's, that's Max one. D, dude. Um, so Logan, I don't know if if you were you were on board with this. But one of my favorite things was when they actually interviewed the drivers <laughs> between, between races. <laughs> like, yeah, like it made a difference. Holy shit. Because it is all like... They're just basically a D.A.R.E. program on a microphone. Not only that, they're all like, like small town, uh, middle America teenagers for the most part. Like these are young, young people who are driving these things. I would say the max age of a monster truck, a monster jam driver is like 25 tops, maybe. But they looked way younger than that. They, they, I think they're probably closer to like 19, 20 years old and so they're just they're getting on the mic and they're just like hell yeah we're just here to do this for Monster Jam fans and we like to see big jumps and we I, we know our fans like to see trucks go up on two wheels and I'm just here to say that uh, uh, Max D you're going down and uh, uh, Black Ops or what was that guy oh Soldier of Fortune Black Ops I'm sorry man your truck's just not <laughs> fast enough you can't <laughs> handle the terms like Grave Digger he's just the worst kayfabe You've ever seen Dude, it's <laughs> so good. They talk shit to each other and they and they um they like pick on each other and raz each other and like But none uh, of them go twice at a time either. It's it's one at a time. Oh they also had at the very yeah, beginning yeah. at the very beginning of our race, um everyone was having equipment failures. Like they had like because they have all the electronics on on a shutoff like basically they can control and shut off the trucks and shit like that and the truck shutoffs were malfunctioning for the whole beginning of the bout so like bout like <laughs> the show man <laughs> the show <laughs> the bout the show yeah no one's no one's trying to like, man, one of these days I can't wait to be a I can't wait to be a champion monster truck driver and, and and go down in the annals of history and have an ESPN 30 for 30 done about me. Like, there was actually a time when the announcer said this exact sentence. He said, this is the greatest rivalry in motorsports. He was talking about the yeah, rivalry. Right. He was talking about the rivalry between Gravedigger and I want to say D. and Max D. He said, he "said Max D. and Gravedigger, the greatest rivalry in motorsports." Well, it's also subjective, I guess. Right? Get- that's just a very bold claim. Like that's that's including arena cross. That's including. Uh, uh, isn't there like ATV and snowmobile stuff in the X Games? Yeah, but and- can you name a rivalry out of any of them? Yeah, well, I'm sure there's a greater how about one. Max D and Gravedigger? Well, I'm sure there's a greater one. A rivalry one. made in hell. Hey, how about a rivalry between two participants in a legitimate motorsport, like, like racing, like the Indy 500? I'm sure like Dale Earnhardt had a dude that he was always in competition with. Mario Andretti probably had someone he was in competition with. And I would say that... Mario that, Andretti. <laughs> that's my knowledge of fucking racing. Let's see, Mario Andretti and, uh, uh, say, Dale Earnhardt. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Days of Thunder. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen and Will Ferrell, Ricky Bobby.
3: There you go. That's a, that's a rivalry. Yeah, man. Borat versus uh, Bobby Ricky.
2: Ricky Bobby. Oh hey, uh, your wife went to my wife's baby shower this weekend. Hey, your wife hey, went come hey, on. How about that? Hey, so I heard your wife went to my wife's baby shower this hey, weekend. Hey, how about
3: that? I heard about that. Hey, she had a good time. Hey, she had a good time. Did your wife have a good time? Hey, my wife had a good time. Uh, I mean, We're uh, very blessed. Yeah, all right then.
2: Very blessed. Very blessed. The book you guys gave us, ah, oh, Marron. I fucking have The no note idea. you wrote inside of it It's beautiful.
3: <laughs> really? Beautiful. I'm glad.
2: <laughs> well, we did this you, thing... You didn't know I had such a way with words, did you? I know you don't have a way with words, and I know your handwriting, Tony. That was definitely Laura. <laughs> Dude, I've been in a relationship oh, long my enough. my fucking cover's blown. I have it! Dude, like... My dad has been on packages for Christmas presents, like on labels for Christmas presents, for gifts he had no idea what they were. You know? Same with me. I think that's that's what happens when you become a husband and a dad. Uh, So, you know, in my kitchen where
3: there's a guitar that's hanging up and that's what everybody signed at me and Laura's wedding? Yeah, which was a really great idea. Yeah, it was cool. But um, you can definitely tell the older couples, because somebody just wrote, like, Dan and Rita love you guys, you know, or, and it was like clearly like the wife did it, and there's probably about like four or five of them that are just couples of like one person's signature actually uh josh uh the guy who's who runs the label for staggers in Chicago, he wrote his for him and his wife, and he and he just wrote Josh and Jenny penis, penis, penis
2: <laughs> like they like I, I like when they have the two name on there because it's like it. it Infers that the couple like collaborated on the message that they wrote. Like, okay, what should we say? Okay. Penis, penis, penis. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Write that that's down. Good.
3: No, it's that good. was just that was definitely. Put both Josh. our names on it. Well, obviously.
2: Hey. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Hey, uh. Nice. <laughs> you got sound effects He's going, going? Right? All right, Fred. Hey, uh actually, Gordo, you could probably easily connect your phone into the the interface and do sound effects if you wanted. No, no. No. Oh. Alright, let's move on. Let's move on. Um what was I gonna say? What was I going to say? I don't, I don't know. Baby shower? Uh, no, yeah, we were shower. we were talking. Oh, the baby shower was great. Did Becky go? She did. How did Becky? Did Becky have fun? Hey, did your wife
4: have a good time. On my had wife's baby time. shower. She had a good time.
3: You, know? oh, good
2: thank, time.
4: Thank, thank, you thank you so, good so much. good
3: time you can
2: have at a baby shower. You know what I mean?
3: It's it's oh my time. god!
2: Actually, actually, uh, Becky and Logan got us something real cool. They got us. Uh, did you yeah, know. we did.
4: <laughs>
2: Becky got us something so, cool and wrote Logan's name on it. No, I knew what it is. Um, uh, It's like a Wi-Fi um, controlled or like a Wi-Fi compatible baby monitor, so we can set up this. Like basically, if like one of the grandparents is watching the kids, we can and they have the baby monitor set up, we can, from our an app on our phones, check it. Or if we're, uh-huh. like, in bed and something like that, you can just grab your phone and check it. What I'm most looking forward to is when my mom and dad are watching the kid and capturing funny shit that they do on camera. <laughs> like, I really want to get it set up so that if my dad is watching the baby... And, oh, yeah, totally. Now, if my dad is watching the baby and it takes a piss in his face, I really want to make sure that I've got that on video. Or your parents
3: can watch you guys bone in the baby's room. Yeah. hmm Think about that.
2: Oh, um, speaking of which. did you had about I ha- that, did you? <laughs> One of those guys. Um, Big so have, you, watching. have you seen those credit cards that have the, like, um. They look like a cassette tape. Like, people get their, like, vanity credit cards or whatever, and some people have the ones that it looks like a cassette tape, and they'll write things in the label. Go on. I heard these two guys talking about, like, one of them have the cassette tape Credit card, and they're going back and forth. A couple nerdy guys, and they're talking about, like, well, what are you going to write on the label? And the guy's like, I don't know, you know, I want it to be something timeless and I want it to be something <laughs> funny, and da 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 He's and definitely I, made a mixtape. And I just, wa- mm-hmm. like, and he's like, well, what if you just had it say, like, Wilco, blah, 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 or like, summer mix to, you know, 97, and da 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 da. And I went, no no, no, man, this is what you should put on it, especially since you hand it to people all day, every day. Mom and dad having sex, <laughs>
3: <laughs> and you got to hand that card out to people.
2: Yeah, because the, the the presupposition there is it's like it's like yeah he's he's being is he being funny or does he have a cassette tape at home <laughs> with that label on it? <laughs> So it's just an audio recording. There's no, no, there's no well, recording. Well, it's, it's just a credit card. I know it's just a credit card, <laughs> but the tape, <laughs> the tape that you're insinuating exists. Yeah. yeah, it's just an audio recording of your mom and dad having sex. So mm-hmm. this, which this. insinuates that either you found it and that's what they labeled it, which is weird. That they or, which would be weird that eggs. they labeled it, or you hid under your parents' bed, like with <laughs> headphones on and like a shotgun mic that you're like holding up <laughs> under the springs. <laughs> Or maybe a boom that you, like, pull out from under the bed. I don't even necessarily think you would have to
0: be there. I think you could just get one of those... You, well, you well, could, you're but not, not gonna in situation. situation.
2: You're not going to get quality auto that way.
3: you got to be on the spot. you got to produce I mean, on the
2: spot. That's like, that's like us doing the podcast without Gordo here, you yeah. know? There's a lot of subtle nuances It'd be that, impossible that remain unexperienced by the untrained ear. <laughs> okay, you're right. Yeah hey uh, All right moving on hey uh, motherfucking podcast listeners we're gonna be doing something here soon that uh, we would like you guys to participate in and uh, stay tuned for this. We are going to put together a motherfucking podcast drinking game and coming up here in the next few episodes we're gonna do a live podcast where we talk about just the normal garbage that we talked about that we normally talk about on this show. But we're simultaneously going to have, I'd say, three or more persons, three or more people, uh, live drinking to the podcast as we do it. So it's like, like you know, like uh, there's the Sopranos drinking game, and like every time they say "fuck," you have to take a drink Holy or shit. you know something like that. So we That's had a lot of drinking. Mm-hmm. We we had some different. Um, some different ideas here, and tell me, tell me what you think of these. Okay, so every time Aaron says, you know what I mean, or you know what I'm talking about, or at the same time, or stuff like that, take a drink. So I was listening to it, and I noticed I say all those things like a lot. I probably, I probably say all of those things combined a total of 20 times in an episode. So that's 20 drinks right there. Tony leaves the room. For no reason, or not for no reason, but leaves the room in the middle of the podcast. There's always a reason, Jackass. Yeah, but you do it in the—you always—like, it's always like I'm in the middle of either talking to you about something or or talking to a guest, and you'll just, like, get up and leave the room. Like, you'll answer a phone call or, like— like you get up to go smoke or to go take a shit or something, just in the middle <laughs> in the middle of the podcast, not like during a break or anything. You just get up and leave the room. And it's very distracting. So every time Tony gets up and leaves the room. I think this air of grievances. Take a is turning into a drinking <laughs> game. Don't. No, it's funny. Every time Tony leaves the room, take a yeah, shot or smoke hilarious. a bowl or smoke a joint or take a low-temp dab. All right? Okay. Uh, Gordo comes in the room. Finish your drink or your bowl or I guess if you don't drink or smoke, finish your cereal.
0: Well what 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 is it now that he doesn't have to come into the room because he has the talk back. Well
2: it'll be that Wow well. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, then it'll be every time Gordo chimes in on the talk back. You have to okay. do that. Okay. Okay. Every every time he adds color, like saying, Wow, or Yeah <laughs> or Yeah guys. Um, uh, mention getting high. Smoke. Mentions getting drunk, drink. Tony mumbles, drink. What are you talking about? Tony derails Aaron's train of thought, take a shot. And that happens a lot. Tony and I will be so, uh, talking about something, and Tony will be like, wait, are you talking about blah, 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 blah? And I'll be like, wait, no, Tony, no, listen. This is totally an air of grievance. No, no it's not. Totally it's things that happen on the show
3: regularly. Gordo knows I've, what I'm talking about. I've got I've got nods from Logan, and I got nods from Gordon, and I got nods from within... Gordon, Gordon, Gordo.
2: Tony forgets to. Tony drinks milk out of the carton. Take a drink. (laughs) Tony forgets to put the lid back on the Tupperware. Take a drink. (laughs) Tony forgets to introduce me to someone at a party. Take a drink. (laughs) Tony forgets my mother's birthday. Take a drink. No, this is funny stuff. Uh, (laughs) How about this one? Aaron goes on a tangent, drink until he comes back to the point. So, would that have just happened? Am I on a tangent
0: now? No, no. You with the with the Tony. Tony forgets my mother's birthday. That was a bit of a tangent. Uh,
2: Yeah, yeah. That is a tangent. That's a that's a riff. And now I'm back, so you could stop drinking there. Yeah, totally. Um, Let's see. Fi- Aaron uses a $5 word, like erudite. That's a $5 I word. I you have you to drink have twice for that one, though. No, I, th- I said five drinks. You have to take five drinks for a $5 word. That was a $10 word. Erudite? hmm Well, we're just going to call them all $5 words. Fine. Because then we have to create a whole scaling system for, like like the valuation I'm I'm going to come up
3: with my rules next week
2: (laughs) Aaron acts like a jerk take a drink Aaron embarrasses me on the podcast take a drink Aaron raises his voice to me on a phone call take a drink Aaron talks like a rude cocksucker to me take a drink Aaron talks down to me take a drink look at him go I know what I do that's awful yeah no, you See, don't, I guess you don't need to do I guess I don't need now.
3: to. <laughs> <laughs> if I would just spend 20 more minutes with him on this thing while he kept writing down
2: things he hated. He just knows he's a piece of shit and just yeah. lets it keep going. Yeah. Aaron makes a thoughtless and inconsiderate remark. <laughs> <laughs> Take a drink. <laughs> Are we done with this yet? No, we're not done yet. Uh, we've also we've also up with this suggestion every time we drop a name or give a shout-out, uh, every time we tell a good joke... Every time we tell a bad joke. Every time we tell a back-in-the-day story. Anytime we say, and we're, we're back. back. Oh, anytime we say, tell so-and-so the boys sent you. Mm. We could do that one. Uh, anytime we do the, the sponsors smoothly. Anytime we do it rough and I fuck it up. Uh, Tony's phone rings. Or anybody's phone rings. A phone rings on the air. And we're Every back. time Tony's phone rings in the middle of an interview, <laughs> anytime Tony checks his phone while we're at dinner, <laughs> anytime Tony thinks one of my ideas is stupid, take a drink. Take,
4: take a drink.
2: it. Out. <laughs> <laughs> now that's timing, Jack. Uh, well. Let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with today's topic. Can I leave the room? Yeah, you can leave the room during may. a scheduled break. <laughs> you can leave. I'll leave the goddamn room when I please, Jack. Yeah, may apparently, I, may yeah. I leave the room. Sir, That's it. I'm fucking sir, out, sir. May I leave the room? So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna have a little roundtable discussion about today's topic, which is a
4: principal.
2: <laughs> he's gone. I know he's long gone. So today's topic is going to be showmanship, and spinal tap moments. So we're going to talk about some of the best and worst moments on the lighted stage. We've asked, uh, we've asked some of you on the internets for some of, your, uh, some of your favorite stories. We're looking forward to reading some of those. So we're going to talk about some of ours and some of yours and some famous ones from history. So uh, we'll be right back after this. We're back to the show now.
3: I think you're going to have to smack him.
2: We are back on the show now. Welcome to show. Welcome <laughs> to show. Welcome back. Hi. Real quick before we get on to this next section, let's give a shout out to our sponsors. First and foremost, our most venereal, sorry, venerable (laughs) sponsor, Matula Plumbing. Matula! 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 This Plains, Illinois. Shit rolls downhill. Don't be at the bottom. Your number two is our number one priority. Your shit, 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 shit shit. is our butter. And we'll wear the booties for you. Matula Plumbing, Angie's List. Super service Winner. 2011. Matula Plumbing, tell Jerry the boy sent, sent you. Mutiny Information Cafe, the motherfucking podcast, and a bunch of other podcasts are Mutiny Transmissions, which is a media service division of Mutiny Information Cafe located at 2 South Broadway in the heart of Denver, Colorado. They sell records, they sell books, they sell. Coffee and other beverages and cereal. They got like so much cereal. If you seen all the fucking cereal that they have, and also cereal. You know what that means? Oh yeah, weed is involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know that Jim and Matt were just like, oh man. You know, it sounds good. It's Lucky Charms, fucking cereal. <laughs> I could really go for a bowl of cereal. They got right a shitload of cereal too. Yeah, they have tons of it. Tons of sweet treats, uh, live events. Uh-huh. Uh, like I said, podcasts. Books, records, coffee, comics. They might be starting up a uh, Magic the Gathering night there, too. I am not surprised at all. Have you ever been to the the basement of the Wizard's Chest? Yeah. Mm. They have a whole area full of, like, folding fucking plastic tables and folding plastic chairs. That sounds like fun. That are specifically made for like D&D and Magic the Gathering and other RPG and and like card game nights for some some, I kind of hope that my kid ends up being one of those kids just one of those I hope my kid is more like that and less like me you know what I mean more likely to sit in the basement of the wizard's chest and play card games with a bunch of other nerds than like go out and get wasted and risk his life and get arrested and act like an idiot yeah. Yeah, me too. If you were playing the drinking game, this is when I returned to the point. Mutiny Information Cafe. <laughs> Denver, Colorado. Evergroove Studio in Evergreen, Colorado. Home of. Woo! Uh, all the stuff that we're recording like that's where we're that's where we're working on the motherfucking Monday YouTube series uh that's where we're working on our new album the front lines of good times uh and man if we can help it we kind of never want to work with another studio again it's the greatest solar powered Beautiful location up in the Black Mountain region of uh, Evergreen, and Brad and Jenny are some of the most amazing people, and the Ethans, and Alex, and all the other badass motherfuckers who um, who are helping us make stuff up there. It's uh, it's really quite an amazing place. Skylar, Skylar, Skylar works at the Wizard's Chest. Hey, yeah. Now let's go off on another tangent. All right. All right. Put down your drink. Anyway, um, yeah. So, Evergroup Studio, go up there and, uh, and work on your next project. Also, we're going to be doing a top-secret live stream listening party for our patrons coming up here in the next month or two. So, stay tuned for that. Um, basically, you're going to get to hear the version of the record that nobody in the world is going to get to hear. Um, we're gonna do a uh, probably a first or second revision listening party, and uh, we're gonna live stream it on a uh, on a on a secret stream only for our patrons. So uh, nice. keep your eye out for that. And anybody who's uh, local and in the in the area around that time, we're gonna bring up to the studio to hang out with us in person, including our buddy Jan Lipkins from from Belgium. He's gonna be, be in here town soon. For that. Yeah, he's coming into town. We're up, we'll, we definitely got to have Jan on the podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah that would be great. Definitely got to have Jan on the podcast. But I reserve the right to edit content after the fact. Why? Because Jan says some shit. <laughs> they don't call him the blunt <laughs> be Belgian for nothing. I'm, I'm afraid of the unknown. <laughs> I'm afraid of what might come out of his mouth on this show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, his, his Belgian sensibilities are different than ours. Uh, let's see. Oh, the NugNation.com, ounce for ounce, the greatest homegrown comedy ounce for ounce. in years. That quote comes, of course, from the Nugville Gazette. We are here at the Nug Nation Studios in Denver, Colorado, um, which is a nearly fully operational um, web content studio that specializes in our flagship series, The Nug Nation, which features. Uh, Real life weed brought to life. Like, uh, little nugs of weed there. These, and, uh, these little nugs of weed, but they're like, they got like little personalities, you know? Yeah. You know, they're little, like all of them are named after like different strains of weed. And this, like, they sit there and smoke weed. They have no arms, man. I don't know how they do it. Man, and it's like, you're smoking yourself, man. <laughs> are you like, that's like me twisting up a, a fucking dude's finger and smoking, you're smoking that. smoking that thing, man. It's disgusting. Vial. Check it out at thenugnation.com. Now. Right now? Right no, now. No, listen to the rest Pause of Pause the podcast. Go check out the Nug Nation. Come back and be like, I totally lost my place. I don't know what those guys are talking about. Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios. We already gave a shout out to them at the top of the show, but it bears repeating hourly rehearsal studios and a great place to, to mix it up with the other local characters in the music scene here. It is cool. Tell Kate... The boy sent you. The boy sent you. Flipside music on South Tacoma here in Denver. Uh, Man, quality over quantity and some of the best prices in town and some very, very unique items. Guitars, pedals, amplifiers. Really, just a, a cool place to, to check out. Just follow them on, on Facebook. You'll see some really cool stuff. That they oh do. Really? yeah, on yeah, Instagram yeah. too. They they post. They're posting amazing stuff all the time. Um, yeah, go check them out and tell Ike the boy sent you. Damn it. And last but not least, okay. So if you were following the drinking game, anyway. Last but not least. Uh, the brave souls who back us on patreon.com slash mfruckus our patrons get exclusive access guest list spots uh, autographed copies of the comic Uh, man they get all sorts of cool shit um, all in exchange for a small recurrent contribution every month on uh, on patreon uh please subscribe to our Patreon. It helps us do this podcast, it helps us put out the comic, it helps us work on this record. It really helps keep us afloat and uh helps keep us honest, honestly. Yeah. Like transparent. Well, and not only that, like it it lights a fire under our sh- our translucent. Ass. <laughs> yeah, tra- translucent for yeah. sure. Not obtuse. Wait, uh-huh. oblique. Oblique uh ob- Whatever it is, uh, obtuse. Yeah, obtuse. Yeah, like that. Obtuse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, having having the support on Patreon definitely lights a fire under our ass to um, to keep producing and keep this shit coming out and keep writing and uh, and it's really going to sustain us when Tony moves back to Chicago and we're not able to play gigs as much. So yeah, please, please, please. Even if you can only do a dollar a month back us up on Patreon, man. Please. It really goes a long way. So let's get on with the rest of the show. We're talking about... We're talking about showmanship and spinal tap moments. Spinal Tap moments. Now, in in our band, we have always valued. Um, I mean, we've always valued putting on a show. You know what I mean? Uh, me yeah. See. Where's my? There it is. Yeah, we've always valued putting on a show. Like, and I think a lot of it was to make up for how bad we our, are. Our lack of playing ability, right? So we were we were definitely the type of band who would try and jingle the proverbial keys in the face of our audience and try and keep them distracted from the mistakes that we made. And not only that, we really admire bands that put on a great show. We, I'd say we share uh, philosophically in our our band this idea that um, people pay good money to go see a show and they're not paying to come see some dude in his t-shirt and jeans just stand there and stare at the ground. They want to they want to see a show. They want to see something from another fucking planet like Lemmy said. They want they want a little bit of production value, and even if you're, even if you're a band like Pink Floyd that really stands there and doesn't do anything, you know, people want the laser lights show and they want the props, they want they want some kind of visual element. If you're going to charge them money to come see you play in a public arena, yeah, you should. You should, man, you should have a something to remember on the way out. You know, I think it's important.
3: Al- I th- Although at the same time, you can see a band that does barely anything and the, they rule you know like uh, I saw Aerosmith uh, they were headlining oh man I can't remember what year it was but it was it was a while ago like maybe 10 15 years ago and they did nothing they did nothing it, and Motley Crue opened up and they usually have a, a pretty big show they weren't allowed to set anything up because they weren't the headliner well they did something and then, and then Aerosmith comes out and like nothing got added to the stage it was just like red lights and then they kicked ass they like they, they huh.
2: well really cool show but, but here's what they do do is do 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 I really tried to avoid that, but um, here's yeah. what here's what they do. Also, nice do. Here's what they do. Also, do do. Um, Steven Tyler does a lot of stage banter, right? He does mm-hmm. like he's like
4: you know what I'm talking about. You having a good time, blah blah blah.
2: Like he, he does a lot of crowd work, right? Mm-hmm. And Joe Perry does a lot of like showy offy. He's guitar the guitar solo player stuff. with Mystique. But he does a lot. He shows off in Showboats when he's doing his his solos and stuff, right? Yeah, not really. I mean, I guess
3: he's sta- he's standing in the front of the stage.
2: I mean, that I would say what Aerosmith does live is
3: a <laughs> <laughs> Gordo's having fun. <laughs>
2: Was that off the sampler? Did it work?
3: Yeah, clearly. I'm just trying to get shit to work in here, man. Sorry,
2: <laughs> it
3: worked. I think he's got the big button to come in too. There it is.
2: There we go. He's got it. (laughs) You figured it out. You got the sampler to work. Well, that was important. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It starts with farts. It always starts with farts. Uh, But what, like, what I was saying about Aerosmith. Even if they didn't have a lot of visual components, I'm sure there was an element of their show that was, like, based around showmanship. Like, they put on a show for the people. They didn't stand there and say nothing between songs or engage with the audience. Like, there are bands out there that do that, where they do nothing, where they kind of almost like—like, I saw the Dandy Warhols play once, and they were so fucking boring— they phoned it in. They acted like it was a major inconvenience for them to be there. You know, they, have you ever seen the Dandy Warhols play, Gordo? Thankfully, no. They they <laughs> just they put on a show, and I actually like the Dandy Warhols, but they put on a show where they they really me just too. went on stage and just like they just played the songs. You know, to me, it's like. Did he say? I write the songs, all the songs. <laughs> I do the video treatments. All the video treatments (laughs) (laughs) He might have I thought that that was Anton from um, From uh, uh, Brian Jonestown Massacre that's like that No the Danny Warhols are like that too That's definitely Courtney 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 That's her name Or Courtney
0: Taylor Taylor Courtney Courtney Taylor Is that what his name is? Mm. Courtney Courtney, Taylor Taylor You're thinking of Corey
2: Taylor from Slipknot Courtney Cox Possibly Um you're thinking of Courtney B. Vance from uh, Law and Order, Courtney. <laughs> anyway, we feel it's a service position to be in the entertainment industry, and uh, to be in an entertainment position, and like that, putting on a show is a very valuable part of that. Yes. Now, sometimes it works really, really well, and sometimes it doesn't. So we're gonna where we 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 posted on our Facebook page and our and our Twitter or in our. And our Instagram and Twitter and asked you guys for some of your suggestions. We're definitely going to share some of those. But at this time, we're going to talk about some of our favorite and least favorite moments in our experience in watching other bands play and in seeing some of, you know, even some of the what you might call second tier bands or, or bands that are at more our level that are out there doing it, um, you know, kind of in the un- underground and on a shoestring budget like us. Let's start with naming what your favorite show you've ever seen is. What's the, be- what's the best live? My, the best stuff. live show I've ever seen? Like, pro- as far as production value, I guess. Man, you know, I've got to go with Guar. Guar is consistently fun... It, the sh- The show is very efficiently run. You know, they've been doing it a long time, and and Guar is a lot of like blood and guts and and dick and fart jokes, but behind the scenes they really run a tight ship. I bet. You know, it's got to take a pretty tight <clears throat> ship to keep all that going. Well, I mean, there's. The Slave Pit, what they call the Slave Pit, is a whole crew of people who just run the props and the effects and the sound effects and, and all the things that go into that show. What do you think the interview process is like for that, to be a Slave it's Pit? It's just Friends of theirs. I'm, I'm sure what, I'm sure the way that it's gone is because when when Guar started out, it all was— All right.
4: <laughs> all right, you guys. We need to know who can be here for rehearsal this weekend. <laughs> uh, the tour's coming up. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> who can be here at 7? All right, Don can't be here at 6.30. Everybody good with six? All right, who's bringing the crack to next rehearsal? <laughs> Which planet are you from?
2: <laughs> no, we used to, so early on in the in, in our touring days, uh, we went to Richmond, Virginia, and we met a guy who used to be in the slave pit. His name was Danny Black, and we used to go, did you ever meet Danny Black? Mm. No, you remember Danny Black? do he was in this band called A Bloody Crackdown, and we used to play with them when we would go to Richmond, Virginia, and we would stay at Danny's house. And Danny was an original slave pit guy. In fact, he was an original. Um, he was one of the shareholders of Guar Incorporated or Guar LLC. Like he would have, he would be present for shareholders meetings. And, like there was like over two hundred people who like own a piece of Guar we were like invested in so nobody like gets rich off of guar but everybody gets a little bit you know from participating in, in in it and and helping keep it alive and he's an original shareholder and um, and yeah he would show us kind of some of their props that they would work on he would show us pictures from the original tours and th- he told us kind of the backstory and it started out as this band Death Piggy that like teamed up with a group of, uh, performance artists and tech theater nerds and shit like that and they would interesting yeah and they would they would put on you know it was it was a big like theatrical production that they would put together that happened to also have punk and metal music accompanying it yeah um pretty tough. so so if you ask me some of my favorite you know I would say I would say Guar is definitely one of the best live probably the best live entertainment I've ever experienced yeah You, you know uh, what what about you? What's your favorite? It's a toss up for, between Iron Maiden and Kiss. Okay, so what did you like about
3: both of those shows? Iron Maiden's got the back the backdrop, the the mood of the whole stage. You know, it's it's more like being at like a play or something like that. Whereas Kiss just has a bunch of explosions and moving uh, moving platforms and everything, and they dress the part. You know, I mean, you know,
2: one of the my one of the things that I thought was pretty awesome that they did at a Kiss show. This is one of my my favorite eye roll worthy moments of a KISS show. Like, I I enjoyed the shit out of it, but it also made me go, oh my God. So, they had up on the top of the stage, they had these LED monitors with, uh, with meters on them. They were like decibel. They were like uh, how loud you can. Get like they were they were like they were like digital uh, decibel meters, and they didn't really work. Yeah, they were just you know they were just animations that people would put together. Good. And so <laughs> Paul Stanley's like it's like all right, let's see how loud you can get, Denver. And uh, <laughs> and so people start yelling, and the the little like the little needle on the dial goes up a little bit, and and everyone's yelling, and Paul Stanley's like oh. I think you're going to have to do better than that. They were much louder in Tucson, or insert name of, you know whatever it's Kansas City was way louder than that. Let's <laughs> see what you got. Kansas City sucks. They're a different city than we are. Ah. And so, like, the needle moves up a little bit
3: more. Look at your smile. See, that's why I could show rules.
2: Yeah, I'm smiling my ass off because it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Hell yeah. And, and, dude, and I participated in it full well knowing from the onset that it yeah. wasn't really measuring the noise. Yeah, when Bruce Dickinson
3: says, scream for me, you fucking scream as loud as you can. Right. That's true. And if yeah. He's, and if he asks you it wasn't loud enough, you give it out. you got to scream Right, it but louder. they
2: actually... Kiss took it to the next level and was actually trying to present the illusion that they were measuring it. <laughs> it's you brilliant, know? man. I, I know. It's totally brilliant. So what and happened at the end? Did the, like... At the, the end, the needle, shatter? the needle maxed out. <laughs> and it was maybe a little bit louder than the first time. They didn't you have know a I mean? shatter on the, the little that's digital.
0: That's yeah. I, was <laughs> I, th- I was thinking it was going to shatter and, like... Wow. And <laughs>
4: denied. <laughs> yes.
2: Um, we're new to these sound oh effects. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Oh, when Gordo, a, when Gordo get... discovered a new toy, and he's going to be playing with it for the rest of the episode. That's, that's what happens when you get a new pedal. Yeah, he's a guitar player for sure. Yeah. Um. Now, <laughs> denied. He's cracking himself up in there. Look at him go. now with uh, with Maiden. What I love about Maiden is when we went and saw him on the Book of Souls tour, Mm -hmm. Bruce comes out, he's got this hooded robe on, and he's standing like over that. this giant cauldron that's smoking, right? And he's, like, casting divinations and spells. And and he, like, throws off the robe and goes running around and, and prancing around on the stage like he does. And they've got the multiple levels and the little catwalks so that he can cool. run on. And, like, when he does Hallowed Be Thy Name, he'll, like, drop to one knee and they'll have the spot. And he's standing up in the corner like, I'm waiting in my cold cell. Just hands in the air. Just like, um, of course. All the eddies are great, Uh and uh, on the Book of Souls tour, he had the Book of Souls Eddie come out, and he ran up and he's fighting with him, and he reaches into his chest and pulls out his heart, and starts throwing the like the heart is full of fake blood, and so he's like throwing fake blood onto the crowd, and then he like runs up to the uh, to the cauldron and like throws the heart down in the cauldron. Yeah, it's cool as hell, man. And the whole show, they have these uh, these scrim backgrounds that are changing. Like, they have, I don't know what the apparatus is that they use it for, but the bat, like, they play the trooper and it's like the trooper Eddie on like a battlefield background. Mm, Yeah, yeah. They play Number of the Beast and they've got the Number of the Beast background, you know what I mean? But they're like, they're not just like little banners that hang down. It's like the entire, there's a backdrop that takes up the entire back of the stage and shows the scene. That was fucking incredible. Like, Iron Maiden... They also can play like a motherfucker, too. They also still. can play like a motherfucker, but they are so visibly having fun. Yeah. They have the... They've been doing the same theatrics... Let's do a show ...since like that. the fucking 70s. You know, well, 70s or 80s. When did Iron Maiden come out? The first album. 81, 82? No, or no, 82 uh, was when uh, Bruce joined. So, yeah. they've been doing that shit since the 70s. And... It never fucking gets old. No, it doesn't. They always look like they're having fun. The the live show is always like, it just makes you go, you're not just clapping and cheering. You're going, (laughs) yes. Uh, Oh, fuck yes. Like that's the response you want from an audience. What about you, Logan? What are what are what are some of your favorites from, from the big guys, from the big boys? Oh,
3: gee whiz.
2: The best oh. the best live show you've ever been to in your life. Um, kind of putting
3: them on the spot after I only giving know. them twenty minutes to think about it. Right. Um, one of
0: my favorite front men ever is Nick Cave. Like Oh yeah, talk about the Nick Cave show for sure. Like there's no bells and whistles to their live show, you know. It's just like it's like this nine, twelve piece band and they just play like crazy just put all they got into it and then Nick Cave is up up in the front and he's got lights on each side of the stage and like his shadow is like the 13th member of the band you know like his shadow is up against the wall and you can just see him like like being on That's a, a deliberate thing that they built into I mean, the show I mean, was projecting yeah. his shadow onto the wall I think it's deliberate every time I've seen him like three or four times and every time his huge shadows on the. Side. What record
3: would you suggest? I've never listened to this guy.
2: Um, you've heard you've heard Nick Cave before. He does that shot, and in his right, right pocket is a red right
0: hand. Uh, dig Lazarus, dig is a good one. He also has um, uh, an album just called Murder Ballads, which is really cool. I think uh, Red Right Hand is on. Murder Ballads. You,
2: you've heard Nick Cave, you just it's, don't realize you've heard. It's just
0: really somber, deep, dark, emotional, creepy shit, you know? Cool. But he's a good front man. And at the end of the show, every time, he just kind of, like, swims out into the audience and all the ladies are just, like, <laughs> and like
2: touching him and shit. And uh, another, another really great one that I saw that was really simple, but really... Um, Faith No More. When I saw Faith No More live on their on their whole reunion tour, everything on the stage was white. They had they had white amplifiers. They were all wearing white. Um, they were like wearing uh, God. They were like almost like like Brazilian geese. You know what I mean? They were wearing they were wearing like white pants, white shirts, mala beads. You know, they almost, like, it almost had this, um, it almost had this Hindu funeral hmm. type of vibe to it. Um, that's they cool had... And that's that's a real easy visual effect, you know? Right. Just, just white shit. Well, it's not, fun. not only that, they covered the floor in, like, hey, they, they draped everything in white. They, uh, like, the floor had, had white, um... Like white rugs down on the bottom. They had flowers in vases arranged all over the stage. So it had the like it had the vibe of like almost like a religious ritual Mm -hmm. type of thing. And then uh, they have they have a thing that they do in their shows where they will um, they'll do like a breakdown, like kind of a surprise breakdown of like a soul R and B or or disco or like love song sort of thing. And like one of the things that they'll do is is I I don't know if you've ever heard it, but they did um, "Easy Like Sunday Morning" by Lionel Richie. I haven't heard it. When they do that song live, they'll have a disco ball drop down, and it's like the only of a Faith No More show, you know, which is for the most part kind of heavy, dark, like like this really intense music throughout the whole thing, and then they'll just have like this they'll put you in soul grade dance. disco moment where a disco ball drops down for 30 seconds of a song and lights up the whole audience and then disappears. That's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Fucking magical. (laughs)
2: Were you at that show, Gordo? That was a great show. So, hey, uh, welcome to the program. Tyrell Blosser just walked into the the studio to hang out. Hello. Check. (laughs) Testing. So, um, (laughs) uh... He's here. He's Ty, sure. we're talking about we're talking about showmanship and spinal tap moments. We're talking about <laughs> great live experiences and then like really shitty live experiences. So right now we're talking about some of the best of the like the big guys, some of the best live show experiences we've had. I mentioned just going to see Guar live. I also oh, mentioned Faith No More. I want, to see, I want to see if he m- matches up with any of us. Yeah. Oh, you want to without telling him? Mm-hmm. Okay. I won't tell him. So what what are like your top one or two live shows? that that you've ever seen
4: um,
1: probably like of like heavier bands like Kiss or Iron Maiden. That's or, a two uh, I uh, pick. Awesome <laughs> live shows. Uh, Judas Priest is good. Yeah. What do you like about What do you like about the Judas Priest show? Uh, I like that he still comes out on the Harley. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> he dude. still does it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you hear you hear that motor
2: re- <laughs> like you hear that engine go, and it's like. Rob's here, even though you know he's been backstage the whole yeah, time. Yeah, he's just waiting there. Yeah, like eating craft services and shit like that. Like, <laughs> he rides ten it's, feet. And it's, it's, like a,
1: it's like a sampled motorcycle engine sound. It's like it, it's probably not even real.
2: They travel. <laughs> they they put Still a motorcycle cool. so awesome. in their truck <laughs> just for that one gimmick, and people fucking love I and it. I bet
3: you can't take it out riding anywhere. Like, it's not. For utility purposes, you know, it's only for the stage. Do you think he, oh, he's? Got <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do
0: you think he's got a Harley sponsorship? Like Harley just gives him a brand new bike? Maybe. Oh, I'm sure. Why not? Right?
2: I'm sure they're. I, I'm sure they give it to him as a gift, and they're like, "We'd love it if you'd use this in your show." Like, I'm, dude, I'm sure he gets all sorts of endorsements and just free gifts from. Let's call him. Oh. Ask him. Let's call him up. Um, I was watching uh, uh, that Pink Floyd documentary, that BBC Pink Floyd documentary, Uh Which One is Pink? Yeah. And a couple things about Pink Floyd. Number one, they kind of talked about how they they were sort of shy, and a lot of what Pink Floyd would do in the early days and all through their career is they would just kind of Jam, they would really only have a couple parts in their songs, and then they would jam on a part for a really long time, and they didn't want to interact with the crowd, they didn't want to take their attention off their instruments, so that's where you would get the Pink Floyd light show. Is they were like, we've got to give some people something to, lo- to watch. So they would have all the psychedelic lights and all the noises. <laughs> they like, man, we're boring.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're really boring to look at.
2: <laughs> yeah. We should, we should add something else. Yeah. Um, and then they they got to the point where they were doing, you know, like the big, all the way up to Roger Waters' vision with the wall when they would do the planes that would fly off the stage and they'd build a wall on the stage. The giant and pig. They'd have the giant pig and the puppets and 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 really would do, they did a lot of things even around their show. Like the giant pig float yeah. was something that was like, Tied to the chimney of like an industrial building in England somewhere, and it was like their way of promoting the upcoming tour. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like really, like like trippy, heady stuff like that. I I think that stuff stuff is really cool. Yeah, Um, yeah. Another thing that I liked that Pink Floyd did. Is uh, you guys showed me the live in Pompeii video? That shit is tight. Now this is to- a totally different direction. No. So they did a show. They did a show in the ruins of Pompeii <laughs> for nobody. For nobody. <laughs> it's fully set up and everything. They brought they, no brought, they no brought a shot. crew in. They had all their gear set up. Got it all hooked up to generators and like there is there are, dude they have like like uh, what do you call they call have like trolleys and cranes and all the, the this video equipment like it is a major league it's super badass it's is this, this major hey, nobody production showed up.
1: nobody showed up yeah so it's did the, the promoter ru- just fuck them over you no know, hey. it's the ruin it's the
2: ruins of like the city of pompeii they can't have concerts they,
1: there they, they were opening up for
3: threaten mm.
2: yeah right <laughs> so they they, Gordo liked that so they <laughs> deliberately set it up so that it was they were just going to video them playing in Pompeii just like to capture the essence of you know the ancient tragedy I it was like, that we happened sh- we should
3: there. play in Pompeii wouldn't that be weird yeah, yeah. It's, that's it's what it was not. you
2: know it would be really far out man as if we went and did a gig right in the middle of Pompeii for, for the no souls one, just for the dead spirits <laughs> Of the of the the silent frozen statuesque dead man uh, of Pink Floyd. Too bad it didn't go off again, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a really good one. Now, video, though. now, what are some of the what are some of the worst things that you have seen happen with with bigger bands? Like, what what are some of the like ones that made you just roll your eyes, or they they were a great idea but were executed really poorly?
3: That's easy. Hmm? Owen Hart. What did Owen Hart do? He died falling from the ceiling of the WWF.
2: <laughs> well, <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> yeah, he, didn't,
3: he didn't plan on that. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the worst thing. He, he so, I don't know the story about that. What happened? Owen Hart, the wrestler? Yeah, I don't know about it. He was supposed to come down from like the, the ceiling and like come down to the ring, and he fell from that thing from like fucking 70 feet up. That's like an untoppable spinal tap moment. Yeah. Hey, like, you can't really top death. It's like That's the worst one.
0: I don't know. Motley Crue's uh, little uh, techno—the Dick Burrito (laughs) guys—fucking techno drum solo thing was
2: pretty. I wanted to die when I heard that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty bad. Oh, what? What? Now, what? Are you talking about the
1: roller coaster thing? Well, Tommy Lee's solo is always—you know—he does whatever, but he does like what Travis Barker does, or he has like a drum brain that he plays on, like or yeah, they just like play to these like new like EDM tracks that are all. Like mashups from DJs or something. Maybe they do it themselves, but it's like, anyway, they just play to like electronica. And it's like, they're the great rock and roll drum solo is just like them, you know, vamping over electronic beats. Did it's you see the show of them terrible. with the roller coaster track that he was on? Yes. You saw that show? Didn't I you? did. Yeah. yeah. How was that? Uh, it didn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> I know on the, the one they filmed, the final one in LA, it stopped. Like, he got stranded on the uh, roller coaster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he got on, the, on the newer tour that they did? The, the final farewell tour right. or whatever. The,
2: the, 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 the <laughs> roller coaster was malfunctioning? Is he still there? No, the one <laughs> that, <laughs> the <laughs> last show in L.A. Still drumming? So after the three-year-long oh, farewell
1: tour... <laughs> that was the one that it didn't work on? I'm sure they had been having troubles off and on throughout the tour, but it's funny that the one they filmed, the, the final one in L.A., <laughs> you know, back to where it all it began,
2: began.
1: <laughs> and it fucking stopped.
2: The yeah. the roller coaster thing, I I saw that tour and it, um, were you at that one too? Did you uh, that was the one that was Kiss and Motley Crew. We saw uh, the same show that they had the 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 decibel meter, the fake decibel meter. Yeah, yeah, and
1: uh uh Motley did all their things, but it was still like daytime outside. So yeah, like, yeah, the pyro yeah. looked all shitty and like that, that was that was actually the one I was going to bring up as, like, a bigger band that, like, kind of failed. <laughs> yeah. Motley Crue,
2: I don't like Motley Crue live.
1: I've seen them a few times. I've seen them kick a lot of ass, and that was the worst time I've oh,
2: seen him Oh, I'll tell you days. one that was really bad. You and I went and saw Guns and Posers.
1: Oh, yeah, with DJ Slashbaugh.
2: Yeah. What and he did this thing where... I don't know if he meant it as a nod to Slash, or he was like appropriating Slash's vibe, but it was really stupid and just d- did. I rejected it immediately. What's Guns and Posers? It was Guns and Roses with Axel and a bunch of other people. Oh. Yeah, it was like right when
1: Chinese democracy finally came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
2: and Ty and, totally and I went and saw him. Uh, saw him at. Um, and got wasted on Jägermeister, nice. like like to the point that like people were coming up to Ty and being like, "Hey, you need to take care of your friend, or we're gonna <laughs> kick him out." <laughs> but like like I like I did I did like like. I did like coke with Fidoa in the fucking, in the men's room there, like we, we were partying our asses off, it was Ooh. a lot of money. But, um. Alright then. All
1: so the allergies was
2: like Sal and Yeah, yeah. And, like, well, oh, and man. I, and I uh, get hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got some well, and sal, it, the toilet. Well, here's the thing, is Fidoa and I are getting ready to leave the bathroom stall and he's like, so how do you want to do this? And I'm like, how do I want to do this? Dude, everybody knows we're doing drugs in here. Just walk out. They're doing drugs too. Nobody is paying attention and he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. And so, <coughs> just walked out. He's like, they think we're either in here doing drugs or sucking each other's dicks. <laughs> Caring to be both? Anyway, um, yeah, but uh, so having that guy come out in the top hat
1: and with the unlit cigarette hanging out of his lip. That's just how he, that's how he is, dude. That's his. If, he, if you look at any of his other bands that he's in, like, that's his thing, dude. That's his vibe? That's his thing? Yeah. Oh.
2: Yuck, I didn't like it. I will say <laughs> yuck. I will say Axel was spot on. The stage configuration was really cool. They had a lot of ramps and catwalks and things like that. That was really cool. But, oh, back to Motley Crue. I always thought the roller coaster drum thing was cheesy as fuck. Like yeah, to me, it' so o- cool. To me, it always looked like it was like just the components of like a little kid train ride turned vertically <laughs> like it just, it just seems stupid to me that and um, Vince Neil uses playback and playback to me is like I would much rather hear you try and sound like shit than hear you use playback hey, wait, playback for his main vocals not just for backups or something on, um, on uh, the, the scream on uh, Livewire you know the, the big iconic yeah, yeah, yeah. scream for Livewire uh, he, they, they have a uh, playback coming on. You know who else uses playback? And you were gonna, you were gonna mention this too as one of your uh, least favorite moments was um, ZZ Top. Yeah. Now I love ZZ Top. They're one of my favorite. You know, they're they're in my top fifty for sure. What playbacks do they use now? Uh, when they play legs, they use playback on the on the main vocal. Like anything that's hmm. like a anything that's like a ballad. That, like, Billy sings on, um, they use playback for. Because Billy's been smoking cigarettes for the past 500 years and can't Don't he can't sing. Does. Dude, I'm, I'm telling you. Okay. They use playback. Okay. It's it's like the... Um, I think he's thinking of Dusty because he's got the ear problem, but
3: whatever. <laughs> what? I think you're thinking of Dusty because he's got the ear problem, but go on. Well... Um wait wait what's what's the other big ballad that they did? Have you heard? Have you heard have you heard Rough Boy? <laughs> they used to play Rough Boy. <laughs> oh man, that's when you get beer. When they play that one it's like time to get a beer <laughs> immediately. Yeah, so- you know you got 5 minutes to get a beer.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: uh, yeah, they so I'm back with three of them. Mm. ZZ Top, ZZ Top like is this awesome band and like I admire them for being so uh, experimental and being open-minded to trying new things, like they they really embrace new genres of music. Like they, you know, they did that twenty-five ladders on my dresser, that like hip-hop song. They did their version of that. Mm. I really respect them as musicians, keeping up with the industry as it changes and trends as it changes. At the same time, they do a lot of stuff during those experimentations that are really cheesy. Oh yeah, like Frank Beard using the synth pad with like all the like annoying techno sounds and shit that's like frank stop we do not want to hear that from ZZ Top we want to hear some fucking dirty texas blues <laughs> leave that shit out of it man
1: well, it's it's different with them though cuz it's they don't rely on they don't rely on it at all like you could catch them in a
2: they just want yeah. to do it
1: you know exactly it's they like think it's fun thing. it's not like uh yeah i think if it went it, out they'd still sound fun. i don't know any of these new rock bands that are you know, it has. It, if the computer like crashed during their set, they couldn't finish their doomed. set. Yeah. You know what I mean? Imagine Dragons Yeah. yeah. halfway through. You know what I mean? Like, Is that something that happened? No, but it could. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you know
2: what, You know what? You know what they did that I thought was really cool though. That was kind of on the same uh, from the same page uh, or from the same playbook. Was um, ZZ Top uh, was doing eight hundred eight bass drops? When I saw him at Red Rocks, nice. That was cool as shit. <laughs> I really liked that. Like throwing an eight oh eight bass drop and like like poop your pants, old guy. <laughs> like blues festival <laughs> music. That's cool as shit. Because ZZ Top kicks ass, man. Now you were gonna talk about ZZ Top. There's a bad moment I saw, but it was only
3: on video that I saw. It's like something from the '80s or whatever. But um, you know, they're a three piece and they had the backdrop for the horns on. I think it was automobile. She do not love me. She loves my automobile. And it was like the background video had the horns on it, and it was them, like ZZ Top, pretending to play the horns and like dressed all stupid, you know? Like, <clears throat> that was the video that was supposed to play, and I, I think Frank Beer got off time, or like. It wasn't synced up It wasn't like. like a, Apparently they got off their click or whatever the, whatever the case was so the horns were way off of the song and they just never quite caught up oh, definite uh, train wreck okay. and like they just kept going curmudgeonly for through for like three minutes you know
2: pretty pretty fucking bad what uh back back to like kind of amazing ones and this this just occurred to me I got to see Billy Joel and Elton John together and they did this in bed in bed I got to see Billy Joel and Elton John together in bed. Blew my mind. <laughs> One on each side. <laughs> um, but I got, to, uh, I got to see them play, and they did this whole thing on their tour where the stage had pianos on hydraulic systems. Cool. And so Billy Joel comes up on this platform with his piano, like gets lifted up to the stage, right? And he does a Billy Joel set, and then he disappears under the stage. And then Elton John comes up on a separate lift. And he does an Elton John set, and then both pianos were on stage, and they played their like biggest hits together. Like they played Piano Man as a duet. They played Saturday Night's Alright for Fighting as a duet. They played Hold Me Closer, Tiny Dancer as a duet. Um, and by the way, Billy Joel—if you ever get the chance—is one of the best live concerts you'll ever see in your life. I if you—if you like Billy Joel. This is one of the best concerts you'll ever see, and there's not like there's visual components. Like he has like LED projection or he has projection screens and LEDs and really good lighting rig, and he has a great band. But really, what Billy Joel brings to the table is he's he's this old school New York entertainer. So he's got a lot of great jokes, and he's he, it sounds like a, you know you cut up uncle. You know, he's a, ah I'm just full of jokes. You know, <laughs> like he's like. Um uh-huh. like he's like well, like we're doing this performance in the round, you know, and I'm kinda my hair's falling out and, and so those of you in the front you get face and those of you in the back you get head.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> 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 or he goes like or he'll like he'll be like, Billy Joel couldn't be here tonight, I'm Billy Joel's father. <laughs> you know, he's like Old guy and shit like... Perfect. like He's just a... He's a good kind of cheeky entertainer. Like, he knows... He knows how to work a room. He knows how to be, like, charismatic and whatnot. So, let's talk about some of the... Some of our friends... Bands, some of the people that are more in the underground and some of the awesome things that we've seen them do, some of the hilarious and bad things that we've seen other bands on the road do uh, who are doing it without the giant production budgets. Um, first thing that comes to my mind is Broloaf.
1: Broloaf with the Britney Spears head mics?
2: Oh, no, no, no. Broloaf Oh, no,
1: Broloaf in uh, Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Dude, no, that band's awesome. That band yeah, is that rad. So, cool so what so, was that band called? Yeah. Oh, No Shame is no who shame. you're thinking about. We're going to talk about them. I've got them on the list. <laughs> good, I've got them on the list. We'll talk about that. So, a really good example of of you know kind of high production value, really great showmanship that we've seen is this band in Phoenix, Arizona called Broloaf. And Broloaf is kind of like if Guar was frat boys instead of aliens. Like, kind of. They, yeah. they all dress up like frat boy party guys, and they're wearing like Hawaiian shirts and sunglasses and like. We played the toga like, party. It, say, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. We played their toga party. They have an annual toga party <laughs> every year, and it's this huge event. They have like a big stop and repeat background uh, screen that you can step in front of and take your picture, and they have somebody DJing in that room, and, and they have beer specials, and it's this huge event. Wasn't all the background stuff like tap out logos, but it said
3: Broloaf in it? Yeah, yeah. Their logo
2: their logo is a tap out logo that says Broloaf. And all their songs are like they're almost like Pit Boss 2000 style hardcore songs, but they're all about like kicking ass at sports and getting wasted at parties and like like just bro shit. <laughs> And they they do like this segment in their show. Yeah, they're joking about it the whole time. Clearly. Oh, dude, you meet them off stage, and they're like these hilarious, awesome. Like they're all like hardcore dudes. Yeah, yeah. Like some of them are straight edge guys, from what I understand. But they just like to be be all broy. And, <laughs> but they they Chat spray they it. spray the crowd with beer, and they uh, they have like little skits that they do on stage. They like they had. Cheerleaders. A, they have cheerleaders. They had the skit where they had the fucking guy come out, and. Uh, our friend uh, Danny, from Phoenix, from the Turbojugend in Phoenix, she does this thing where she comes out and she 's got like the fake belly and she 's pregnant yeah, <laughs> and she goes up to like the captain of the football team she 's like i 'm pregnant and i'm having uh, i 'm having your baby and he 's like "No <laughs> and then uh like like his uh and then the coach comes out, it's like, son, you threw it all away, and they have this song called like you blew it or you fucked up or something like that. And it's all about like you you had it all in your hand and you got this chick pregnant and now it's over. <laughs> now this song they have like all these like they have they have these <laughs> they have all these party anthems, and one of the things that they do in the show is they take um they take a giant Box full of ping pong balls like they have a song about playing beer pong and they just like shower the crowd with ping pong balls just like in like super fun show that's a good one yeah, that was a really good one um, Flex Bronco has a really good one Flex Bronco has a great live show and their whole thing is is what they they control the lights themselves they do their own light show yep they have they have lights that's pretty much what it is they have lights that are uh, yeah, wired up inside of crates, like remember. milk crates. Like they have like milk crates that are are um, fused together, and they have uh, like can lights inside the crates, and then those lights are wired to doorbell switches that they keep next to their pedal boards. Right. So while they're playing and switching their other pedals, they can change lights, and they can, they can flash the crowd with lights. That's something, like, that was one of the things that I was most impressed with when we first met those guys. Yeah. What else? What show. are some of the things that you've seen? The Beer Nuts put on a good show.
3: Yeah,
1: Beer Nuts, uh, St. Patrick's Day, Chicago. That's a what did they
2: do? I didn't get to go to that Nothing. show. You can't remember, right? Exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you really have to like drinking. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: Kind of like but, Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law does a lot of that stuff. Uh,
1: yeah, but it's more focused on beer, more yeah, extreme. There's like you know keg girls that are dressed like the St. Pauli girls, kind of. Yeah. Right. And they're just handing out, you know, beer the entire time. Um, I got on top of the pile near the mic, you know. And uh, I got Maker's Mark poured all over my face <laughs> and head and eyes. Right. Burns like a son of a bitch. Yeah. And that's about all I remember. But, yeah, great, great concert. Yeah, yeah. And they're all dressed up for St. Patty's, you know. And, like,
2: well, and Murphy's, Murphy's Law would do the similar thing, not to quite, a, I guess, a cartoonish degree that the beer nuts do. But Murphy's Law, you know, Jimmy throws beers out into the yeah. crowd and has the bottle of Jägermeister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, the beer nuts do it more. You know, they have a lot of crowd interaction stuff like the, you know, the cavity creeps and the, the, the like, like the really catchy sing along choruses and shit like that. Um, (laughs) That's big. What's, how about you, Logan? uh,
1: Remember uh, Endangered Feces? Endangered Feces was awesome. Remember that band?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. They they had, um, they had just like,
3: Packs
2: and packs and packs of toilet paper, like huge boxes mm. of like Costco, like, like in like industrial grade toilet paper, <laughs> like
3: the bar toilet paper.
0: Uh, no, it's just like regular. Yeah, they're house regular. And as soon room. as they started uh, yeah. playing, they had like people like their crew. Just chucking rolls of toilet paper all over this
2: venue, like oh, we're talking like, two like 200 or three hundred
1: rolls of toilet paper. I bet the venue in, loved it in a bar that holds like they 150 people. You the, know, the, the, it, it was it was at Molly Bloom's
2: in Long Island. Yep, oh. and uh, they they would do they would do like <laughs> kind of their talking. their yearly show. You know what I mean? Where they would come out and destroy a once place a year. The toy- they they played very rarely, from what I understand, because even back then they were older guys. Like, when we met Endangered Feces, it was probably 15 years ago, because it would have been before we even met you. Yeah. And um, and uh, they were, I want to say that they were guys in their, their 40s at that point. So they just, they were kind of family guys and didn't really get out to play much. Yeah. But when Endangered Feces did a show, that was their thing. They would go buy a shitload of toilet paper and destroy the place. And they had another part that was really—I have never seen a band do this before in my life, and never since. Nobody will ever top this. They had a drummer, and his name was Cronin. You remember drummer? The drummer? Yeah. What was
1: his trick?
2: Okay, Cronin. His trick. Cronin would wear a, a kilt with nothing underneath, and he was super Irish. And super proud of it. And he was a hell of a drummer. I think he just talked like that. I don't think he was super Irish. Well, no, (laughs) he was was Irish-American. Like, he was an American dude, but he was like... Super Irish. But he was like... (laughs) He was very proud of his Irish heritage, we'll put it that way. And he would wear the kilt with nothing underneath. And he would stand up in the middle of the show. There would be a break during the show where Cronin would stand up and he would take a beer glass and fill it with piss and then he would raise the glass and he would sing his own irish drinking songs he wrote his own irish drinking songs on their album there was actually a live track of one of them so he would he would write and make up his own irish drinking songs he'd do the whole thing and then down the entire glass of piss while people went singy sucky, sucky oy, oy, oy. <laughs> singy sucky oi 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 singy saki singy saki oi 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 and that was, was that real piss? It was real piss, dude. He I do think, I think that it was real piss. <laughs> he pissed on stage while you
1: I know you see him piss, but it's a long flight. I also think he has another fucking what? beer down there, dude. He had his penis out. I know. I'm aware. I saw him pee <laughs> in the beer glass, but he had another. <laughs> you know, you got. That's what you I think. Slide slide in, slide yeah, of you hand. Hand. I think he was <laughs> just gnarly
2: and drank his piss.
4: That's 50, what I
3: think. I don't know. So you could call that. You, if he's doing a show once a year, do you, you don't like practice for a thing like that, do you? Or is that like a thing he does, you think? Or is it just like he's dreading, like, god damn it, I gotta play the fucking show <laughs> and
1: just <laughs> fucking drink my piss? I hope I can drink enough before I get on stage that I have to fucking fill up a pint glass. Guys, my stomach is just hurting tonight. I don't know if I can do it tonight. <laughs> Cronin, people come
2: to an endangered feces show expecting you to drink your own piss. Hey, guys, where was the piss tonight? <laughs> You know Cronin, I gotta say, you really took the piss out of the show tonight. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Should we wrap it up? No, we shouldn't wrap it up. No. It's only six o'clock. Well, we got we got someone coming in here we, at like six.
1: We have to address no shame and we also have to address the Walmartians. Well those and, were both incredible.
2: And we also have to address some of our own stuff. Mm. So first of all, no shame. No so, shame. So so we saw this band. Uh, play in Stockton California on tour once we played a daytime show and, uh, and we were sandwiched right in between two pretty hilarious bands so the first band was this band from Alaska called the Scurvies and they were a Christian punk rock band and they were actually a pretty tight fucking band but they didn't shower or wear deodorant yeah, like and religiously, like these guys
1: smell their B- bad. bo bad. in
2: this tiny little coffee shop in Stockton, California. Their bo was so bad. That How like, bad was it, dude? It fogged out the entire room. Like it was like you didn't just taste it; you smelled it, and it clinged to your skin. Like it was in your hair and your clothes. Like they were putting out. They were putting out a humid fog of bo. <laughs> Like it was, it was like have you ever seen that movie The Mist, where all the <laughs> demons live in the mist and yes. are killing everybody. Mm-hmm. It's like a stinky <laughs> fog that would come rolling in and just devour the crowd. It was awful. Well, that's so disgusting. So we played in between them. There was actually people in the crowd who started lighting incense <laughs> and setting it up in front in front of them, like that. Trying tried to, to get a down. wall of of a masking smell wall going. So so then so then we play, we do whatever you know. Boo. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> we get up. You guys are cool. <laughs> we get up on stage, and uh, or we get off stage, and the next band that goes on is this band called No Shame, and they're a three-piece, and everybody in the band, they have their own PA system, and everybody in the band has head, uh, the headset little, microphones. The little Britney Spears mics. Yeah. yeah, they have Britney Spears mics. The Garth Brooks mic. Their oh. singer... Their singer's got this big mess of curly hair, and he's wearing overalls. And, <laughs> and he's like, hi there, we're No Shame, your favorite local band, and we're going to play some songs for you, and it's going to be really good, and da 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 The bass player is wearing no shirt, he's barefoot, and has <laughs> tiny little cut-off denim shorts. <laughs> And he's do, like the bass face. Oh, he's got a big mustache, mm. big mustache. Yeah. Um, he's like doing like all the terrible bass faces and bass moves that you're imagining right now. Like, the mustache. you know, he's like, you know, got his duck lips out, and he's doing the nod and like dancing around and doing ballet and shit while he's playing, <laughs> getting in people's faces and like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, you like that, and then. So they had all this super nice equipment, and the, the the drummer is like this like like little chubby albino bald guy who's sitting back there, and he's got the headset mic on too. Now they had all this nice equipment, but they didn't know how to mix themselves. So like the the curly haired guitar player guy has got his vocals at one level, and the drummer has his vocals at this like overpowering level and the guitar guy is the singing guy and he sings and the drummer is the I'm the yelling growly guy and I go like this so it's like (laughs) and they did a cover of, it's all true, huh? Oh, yeah. They did a cover of... Uh, Limp Bizkit. Limp Bizkit that... With that, no
1: cursing. Oh, right. They edited it for the crowd. <laughs> you they know, said, they're like, they are their families there, man. It did, like, did it all to, for we're going to keep it PG that's, that's for the kids. It, it was,
2: it's all about the he said, oh, she man. said, bull crap.
4: <laughs> I think you better
2: quit <laughs> talking that crap. <laughs>
0: And we lost it. Like We had to go outside. no shame
3: at how funny we thought this was. Yeah. So we were just like, <laughs> oh my god. Dude, we are doubled
2: over. People in the van like, you gotta come in and see this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, we had to leave the room because we were laughing too hard. And we didn't want to be mean. So we went out in the parking lot and we're cracking up. And we're like doubled over laughing. <laughs> and fucking the other band, the, the Stinky Christian guys are out there. And they're Christian, so they're super nice and sweet and like... Like gee whiz, guys, and all that, and we're out there laughing, and they're like, "Oh come on, guys, they're not that bad." They're da-da-da-da-da-da-da. We start laughing even harder. <laughs> the laughter finally like winds down, and then one of their fans comes out to smoke, and he like looks at us and like kind of like motions inside. He goes, "So you guys intimidated or what?" <laughs> and he was like. Dead serious, Dead serious. He's, like, yeah. he's like, "You guys nervous, man? You guys nervous, huh? Look, those guys are kicking your ass right now." It's all about the he says, she said, bull crap.
4: Yeah,
2: <laughs> uh, and probably okay. Ty brought this one up: the Walmartians at Skatopia <laughs> hmm?
1: okay. Busted. There it's busted. Ooh, what?
2: What's
0: what's happening? Busted. Well it's six o'clock, I think you're at homies here. Yeah, there's
2: there's Is Andy here? Yeah. Okay. I, I believe, I believe hey Andy, it. we're just gonna wrap up the our podcast real quick. If you wanna come in here and hang out, you're more than welcome. Yeah, okay.
1: Grab a chair. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? What's yeah, up, dude? How's it
2: going? Good, good. Guys, Andy. Sure. Andy, guys. you guys. How are
1: you? How's the uh roads? wing getting better? Okay, good to
2: hear. Uh, grab
3: a
1: chair. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Chair for you Appreciate it. Hey Gordo. <laughs> All right, Wall Martians. It's a quick anecdote. Yeah, it's a
2: it's a great anecdote. Um, Are we? Who tells it better? Well, who we're tells it best? Are you things. there? Did you see Wall Martians? I have no idea. who this Okay, was. so the first time we ever played Skatopia. Was the first time through. That's right. So Skatopia, for those of you who don't know, is a a eighty acre uh, piece of land out in the middle of nowhere um, Appalachia in uh, in Ohio, and this. Uh, Kind of infamous pro skater by the name of Bruce Martin runs it, and it's basically it's basically Disneyland for assholes. It's just like if Gigi Allen, if Gigi Allen started Burning Man,
4: that's <laughs> there what you go. That's it. it that's good. what it would
2: be like. I Think you nailed it. And so, and it's and there's all these. Pipes everywhere and bulls and Tony Hawk has skated there, Ben Margera has skated there. And I have skated and there. And you skated there. <laughs> and a and a big part of it is, is they, they throw every year they throw the bull bash. And then in the fall they throw the backwoods bash. But we've we played the bull bash in the summertime. And what the bull bash used to be is they'd just get like fifty bands, they'd have them playing over the course of the weekend, and the whole time people are getting wasted. Throwing explosives, like throwing mortars at each other, and while you're playing on stage, while you're playing on stage, people are blowing things up and like throwing like water balloons of gasoline into fires. Yeah, they they burn
1: cars up. Yeah. huge bonfires at night. Yeah. It's awesome. It's so it's cool. it's
2: crazy, but the bands are all kind of from the surrounding region. So you and and there's like a handful of bands that like fly in for it, but they're all people from like the punk rock skate world. So you've got like. Uh, like Shat played it. Um, I remember that. The Skatanic Rednecks. Slayer has actually played there before. Um, Guar. Who else? Guar has played there before. Green uh, Jelly. Green Green Jello? Green Jello was fucking awesome. And the Walmartians. Uh, and, but then it's like bands like us and bands like the Skatanic Rednecks and. Um, uh Satanic that ranks. that band from Chicago, like total uh, destruction. Destroy everything. Destroy everything. They've, so it's more bands like our level. And then there's a handful of just brand new bands that play. And we saw this band called the Wall Martians do their first and last show. <laughs> the first and last show. They came out. Story time. They These are like teenage out. kids. These are They're teenage going... kids. Yeah. And they came out and they went. Teenage kids at Skatopia? Yeah. <laughs> Holy Dude, shit. Dude, there was all sorts of kids at Skatopia. You remember that girl that we <laughs> saw walking around with her bush hanging out and the hatchet man <laughs> tattoo on her thigh? That girl was not 18. <laughs> <laughs> guaranteed. Like, guaranteed. No, mm. guaranteed. Although her bush hair was <laughs> 18 18. Inches long, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. <laughs> go All right. <laughs> Any old hoot. Uh, so the Walmartians come out on stage and the quote unquote singer goes, We're like the Walmartians, and we like suck. <laughs> they played
1: twenty seconds
2: of one song. <laughs> Fucked it up and left the stage.
1: The drummer quit. He just quit the band right there. He mm-hmm. got up and walked away. Yeah. <laughs> he was just like, nope, fuck this, I quit. Got up and walked away. And that was that was their entire career. Was that, was and it, it, it his, was brilliant. Yeah. Was it his drums? Yeah. So you gotta break it down uh-huh. right away. You had to go back and get them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so
0: so we watched the entire span uh, of the think, all Martians career. I, I think we just looked at each other while that was happening. Just <laughs> jaws dropped like <gasps>
2: Dude, we've remembered that. No like, we remembered that ever since. Like like, if, on, if it
1: was performance art, it, it would be brilliant.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like when I think about, I think it was. When, when I, I like, I think it was too. <laughs> it was performance art. When I <laughs> think of like the top five experiences that we had at Skatopia, the Wall Martians are definitely a big part <laughs> of it. Like, like if I like, if we're talking about remember this, remember that, remember that, the Wall Martians are easily in the top five first memories that I have. Cool. Well, well that's that I, I think I think we ran out of time and didn't get to get into any of um any of the the stuff from our career in particular but it's i think very convenient yeah i think next i think next week we're going <laughs> to we're going to share some of the stories from our own personal career there we would you, love to welcome. keep hearing about this stuff from you guys what are some of your favorite show business experiences what are your some of your favorite live experiences that you've seen and what are some of the most hilarious and bad and sad and even scary um uh, spinal tap moments that you've seen on stage. I think we could continue this into the next week. There's just way too many well, stories. Let's do it. So, uh, yeah, I think we're going to pick up on this next, way, next week. In the meantime, uh, we're going to close out the show with a one for the homies shout out to Gordo. Pick something on the fly. <laughs> I wish we could play the Walmartians. Right. Could be quick. Or you be know quick. what? Let's, let's give a shout out since we've been talking about Skatopia. Let's do our one for the homies shout out to some good friends of ours um, and our, uh, most particularly our buddy Dave Rule. We haven't talked to you in a long time, buddy, but we're hope, we hope you're doing really well. Um, Dave Rule, of course, the front man of the Skatanic Rednecks and also a very accomplished um, skateboarder, wheelie boarder. Yeah. He rides
1: the wheelie board. Who does, he, who does yeah. Dave Rule ride for? Do you know? I don't know. He's got a ton of decks on his wall.
2: Yeah. Uh, all right. So, big shout out to our buddies in Skatanic Rednecks. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the motherfucking podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Tony. Tyrell. Logan O'Connor. Esquire. Esquire. I'm Gordo. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll catch you next week. Thanks Peace. for listening. Right. Bye.
4: You cannot be saved For how the West was won law, Price of a hired gun Killing and stealing and robbing the grave Without soul You cannot be saved Panama, that town the West was won. Panama, price of a higher gun. Price of the price of the price of the price of a higher gun.